Whoa. It's the illusion reporting from somewhere on Spaceship Earth. Brett Brett, John Deere, Dan Z. What's going on, everybody? It's uh, Sober Wednesday. Yes, it is. Going on my glasses. Sober Wednesday. What's going on? Working. All right. Uh, working on the Empire Bomber Leave Levy set. Oh, Emp Empire. Yeah. Um. Oh. Oh. Yeah. 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 Dude. Hey, everyone. Dazzer, Dylan. Yo. Yo. What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Happy, uh, happy Sober Wednesday. Appreciate the love, Marie. Appreciate the love. It's, uh, wow. It's, you know what? I was, uh, I was talking with my, my wife today and, um, I'd fully forgotten I'd, I'd had a, uh, sobriety birthday on January 1st. So I think that's that's 13 years sober, 13. Seems like I did 13 already, dude. I don't know. I never get the counting of it right, but it's 13, I think, 13, something like that. Anyway, we'll get into that, why, why that's. And um, uh, long time view, first time on live. Hope everyone is well. Alvaro, dude, yeah. The lucky 13. I think it's 13. I got sober in January Jan, Jan, January 1st, 2010. So that makes sense, right? Something like that. So um, it is, uh, it is Sober Wednesday. The hour live stream dedicated to those who suffer. Yeah, rip Hiroshima Nagasaki. To those who suffer, ma'am. There is a solution. There's a way out of suffering. And um, it's, it's, it is a connectivity with a God of your understanding. And most of us use some sort of thing to block that discomfort of connectivity when we don't have it. So for me, it was drugs, alcohol. It could be food. It could be pizzas. It could be shopping, it could be drama, bad relationships, all sorts of stuff, gambling. It, there's all sorts of things you can put between you and a, and a fruitful relationship with God. And um, we're here to offer hope and a solution to those that are struggling with that fruitful relationship with God, right? God... Let's do that. Let's open up with the serenity, serenity, serenity prayer. 12, 21, 21. Good work, Cody. Um, yeah, sobriety school. Polslav. Um, All right, let's open up a little serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. All right. And um, we read the, the chapter five, how it works from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Though this is not an AA meeting or affiliated with AA in any way, 
I do believe that um, this little chapter here is a blueprint for how to get you out of your own way and back into uh, God's God's light. And that's what it's all about, man, is having a uh, fruitful and bountiful relationship with God. So anyway, with that said, let me uh, read how it works. Do chapter five of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves a simple program, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are such unfortunates, they are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those two who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. If you've decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you're ready to take certain steps. At some of these, we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With the, all the earnestness at our command, we begged for you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us had tried to hold on to our old ideas, but the result was nil until we let go. Absolutely. Remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us, but there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these short these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for his knowledge, for his will for us, and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and practice these principles in all of our affairs. Many of us exclaim, what in order? I can't go through with it. Do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is that we're willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter of the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. They were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have believed our alcoholism. And C, that God could and would if he were sought. Bam. Amen. Amen to that. Uh, Hunter, Hunter, Hunter Roseman, thank you for uh, contributing to the, uh, to the cause, dude. I do appreciate that. Um, sub since 2012 from the haircuts. Love the character arc. Yeah, right, Tanner? Here we are, dude. From 2012, dude. Amen. Amen to that. So, uh, having had a power, um, so, uh, it was like one of those like classic day personal honesty. Well, 
I mean, what's per- personal honesty? I mean, it sort of says in it itself. It's like, can you be honest with yourself about yourself? Personal honesty, man. Can you look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself the truth about who and what you are, dude? And uh, yeah, the worst person to run from me is yourself. Yes, exactly. That's what personal honesty is, right? Your ability to look yourself in the mirror and admit the truth about who you are. Whatever that may be, you know, you're you're an overeater, you're a drug addict, you're a liar, you're a cheat, you're a thief, you're a... That's what I think, that's what the whole amends process is about. Like, the first round of it is like you're making amends for all the wreckage of your past. And then you sort of live in the 10th step, right? Personal and like, all right, so personal honesty, right? Okay, so here we go. Continue. All right, so in, in step 10, continue to take personal inventory when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. That's what, uh, that's what personal honesty is. It's like at the end of the day, dude, you know when you've done it dirty. You know when you've done someone dirty. And personal honesty is can you admit it to yourself and take appropriate actions? Most people don't want, are just going to do a bypass. And, and personal honesty is when no one's looking and no one can hold you accountable except you, yourself, and God, right? So personal honesty. Like one example I would give is flipping out on someone, like a, a customer service person over the phone, like bank, credit card, whatever it is, and you're not getting your way or something's gone wrong and you rouse them, over the phone. You don't know him. You don't see him. You're never going to talk to him again. In fact, you have no contemplation of who you are. But you have the ability to be honest with yourself, hopefully, and realize that like what you're doing is not appropriate on the human level. Yeah, the banks all suck. Let's be clear. The credit card companies suck. But the person on the other end of the phone is a person. At the end of the day, a human being, right? And so personal... and. Like this example of personal honesty is like you can catch yourself at the moment. The moment you do it, you know the difference between right and wrong and doing it dirty and whatever. And hopefully you've learned that in sobriety because prior to that, you might just lay waste to people and just keep moving on. and go, eh, They had it coming down like they work for the evil corporation and they don't deserve to be respected as a fellow human being. And um and you can take appropriate measures. And then that kicks you into another level of personal honesty, the uh, the making amends. So you can do that right then and there and be like, hey, you know what? I need to apologize. And I've done this plenty of times. Hey, I need to apologize to you for treating you treating dirty over the phone. And usually it's a pretty bad thing. Or you got to circle back and walk in some store and hang your head and apologize to the cashier or whatever you got to do. The The next phase of personal honesty is, is admitting you don't want to do that and admitting you need to do that and admitting you have to do that and admitting if you don't do that, you're going to be disconnecting from God and, and blah, blah, blah. So personal honesty is you being able to sit in your own personal reality and admit to yourself the truth of your actions, your attitude, and your thing. And uh, it's hard. It's not. It's it's something you have to practice and and perfect. And you never will get right. And you just get better at it. And so yeah, that's the thing. Is like you know, some days personal honesty is just being like, I can't deal. 
I can't get around. So personal honesty is is you yourself the, and the mirror. And then you go to God with it, right? God already knows. Anyhow, you don't need to be honest with God. God already knows the truth, right? Like that's the weird trip with 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 God having you know having turned my will, my life over the care of God of my understanding, right? Or of our of our understanding. God already knows the truth. Can you can you tell yourself the truth? Because once you do tell yourself the truth, then you just go to God with it. And you're like, God, like now what? And God will be like, well, this is, you're good or you need to do something or whatever it is. So again, is, is the, the, real, the real problem in the room is you or me or whatever. I don't mean you, you, but you know what I mean. Is, is, is we have to be willing to admit that we're the problem. I mean, I think that's the first level of personal honesty. It's sort of like when you're doing your fourth step, doing the fearless and searching moral inventory for yourself. You you get a certain way through it and you realize that it's all you. You're the only common denominator in the story. Yeah, the girl, she did you dirty. Yeah, the boss sucked. Yeah, this, yeah, that. You make your fearless and searching moral inventory of it all, and then you find out that there's only one common denominator, and it's you. And I think that's why a lot of people go out on around step four. It's because no one, because the personal, the honesty is to, to admit that you're the problem. It's not, it's not what happened to you. It's not what someone did to you. It's not your story. It's just you. And what you're doing with the information laying before you, dude. Paul Bird, thank you very much. I do appreciate that. Thank you. That was very kind of you. So as we as we move forward. Yeah, as we move forward. We realize that that's that's pretty much well. I can't quit the weed, dude. Yeah, I get it. Well, that's uh, there is something that you can go. You can go. That's where. Uh, that's where you like again is the weed isn't the problem. You're not quitting the weed. I think that's the that's the rub is you're not you're not quitting the weed. You're realizing the weed doesn't work for you anymore and you need something else. You should probably pick up the phone, call call do what do what we all did. Call someone for help, dude. You know? Go to AA meetings, dude. Like it doesn't matter, it's weed, it's all the same thing, dude. It's all the same thing. It's just something that's disconnected you from God. Like that that's all it is. And the reason that and the weed doesn't work anymore, dude. And that's what it is. So you're not quitting the weed. It's just you, it's time for you to get put on a new pair of pants. Think about it like this is like basically you're in clothes that don't fit anymore. And you can sit around and keep squeezing yourself into the same poorly fitting pair of pants. Or you can go trade in your poorly, poor fitting pair of pants for a new pair of pants that uh that works a little bit better dude so i don't know like quitting i don't like the word quitting 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 implies something 
like, like, you know, when they say you surrender, like you surrender, you're not quitting. You're admitting that you can't stop. If it was just about quitting, we wouldn't even need to sit here and have this discussion. You know what I mean? It's not about quitting. It's about admitting you can't quit. Like that's the, that's the personal honesty is to be like, I can't stop. I can't quit. I don't know what to do. Then, then that's where you pick up the phone and you call AA or MA or whatever it is. And you go, look, dude, I have a real problem, dude. I have the inability to control my intake of marijuana, crack, pizza, whatever it may be. And I need some help because it's all the same thing. It's, it's just, you're using something to, to stuff the pain of this existence, right? It's a painful existence down here. And then you you realize that that it's not anything else except what you choose to do with that pain. You can use it as a way to get closer to God, or you can use it as a way to stay away from God. The choice is the, the choice. I don't even know if the choice is yours, dude. A lot of people make an identity out of the pain and the drama of addiction. Yeah, but that's its own weird addiction, dude. Part of why they can't let go is because they're afraid they won't know they are any more or that they'll die. Well, I, w- I would agree. I think uh, it's funny. I've had to have a parallel to that exact thing. It's like, yeah, without the story, what would you be? Without the story, what would you be? Without your story of, of addiction or trauma or, or pain and suffering, what would you be? And most people aren't, aren't ready to, to face that, that thing is what you would be is responsible for yourself. And being responsible for yourself is probably the scariest concept most human beings will ever accept. And that is why God is put in in step three, right? Step two, step three, we get you all fired up on God because you're going to have to take responsibility for yourself. And that means you have to drop the story. You have to leave the story behind. You have to leave the, the drama trauma behind and and take responsibility for your own life dude you don't get to blame the abuser you don't get to blame the alcohol companies you don't get to blame the government you don't get to blame anyone anymore that's like the real part of sobriety is you don't get to blame anyone anymore you have to take personal responsibility for you got to be perfectly honest with yourself and realize it wasn't them it was you dude that leap into the unknown is nearly impossible without a loving trust in God, in my opinion. Well, that's that's the whole point. It's all about God. But you can't, you can't, th- there's a process to get to God, right? Like you got it, you have to make that fearless and like you can just turn your will and your life over to the care of God as you understand him, but you have to like do the, the work on yourself and figure out what it is that, and that's where pen and paper is, Nobody cares about my problem. I take my take it to my higher power, dump it on him, and carry on day to day. That's pretty much that's pretty much it, man. They just give it back to God constantly. Amen to that. Uh, I was talking to my friend about addicts and how when a person reaches their lowest is when they make a change for their lives. However, everyone's lowest point is different. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that's that's the thing. That's that's where the personal honesty and sobriety comes in is, is right. The addict doesn't, doesn't know where that bottom is till they find it. Right. 
And then you get sober and you realize the bottom begins to climb. Like you don't want, you don't want some. I remember early sobriety. This is an early sobriety story. What's going on Slater? I was buying some, I was buying like a piece of chicken, dude. I was buying a piece of chicken at the, uh, at the store, at the self-checkout at like a Vons or something in Malibu. Early sobriety, like first year or two of sobriety, right? Buy my chicken and, and you know, and the cashiered lady's like, I don't know, she said I didn't pay for it or something, dude. And I lost my like mind about it, dude. I was like, dude, why wouldn't I like, of course I paid for my piece of chicken, dude. Like, it was so like dumb. And, but I lost my mind about it, right? And I laughed. I flipped out, you know, yelling at her the whole thing. And I flipped out. I think Deborah was her name, dude. I flipped out and I left. And I went at home and I called, my, like, I think I called my sponsor, Joe, of course, and did the thing. And ultimately, I had to go make amends to this woman. Not because she was wrong. She was, because I wouldn't have stole, I wouldn't have, it just not, it's not who I am. But how I handled the situation was, was a total failure. And how I, and where I had to own my side of the street was I didn't keep my receipt, dude. Like, I think I was talking to someone or doing something. I paid for it. I threw my receipt in the trash and, and whatever. There was like a whole thing, but I didn't, I... I know to this day I didn't steal that, like not pay for that piece of chicken. But the point was is instead I didn't hang on to my receipt either. So she was just doing what she does. It wasn't personal. It wasn't anything else. And so I flipped out on her. And I had to turn around and drive back like four hours later and go in and apologize to this person. And it sucked. Every part of it sucked. But where I was wrong was the facts that I I eclipsed her thing because I didn't hang on to my receipt and I lost my mind on this person. So what I'm getting at is is if sobri if getting sober was a bottom, like right, like the day I got sober 13 years ago was like the bottom, right? As I climbed out of that bottom, my bottoms just kept getting higher and higher, right? Like my bottoms keep getting higher and higher. Like I don't do this, like I'll never like pull a stunt like that again because I learned my lesson. Like I, so you just, you begin to like, like, like getting like into like the thing is like, you don't know where your bottom is. Then you hit your bottom you either decide to get sober or keep digging, dude, for a new bottom. And once you hit that bottom, you keep hitting bottoms on the way up. It's just you 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 realize that your bottom becomes much higher. It's 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 funny, I was looking at Instagram and there was this surfer I pulled this crazy stunt on before I got sober and like in my sobriety, I had to go make amends to this dude and his family and the, like the whole thing, dude, like it was a pretty public 
thing that I pulled, I did on this dude. And this dude's like one of the gnarliest surfers out there, dude. And uh, I had to go make amends to that dude. And I bump into this dude constantly. Like, it's like one of those things is like, like, like you just, you just keep raising the bar on yourself, dude, because you're being personally honest with yourself. I, I don't want any dirt in my, my closet. Like today, I don't think I have any dirt in my closet. I didn't do anything that I need to make amends for, apologize for. I didn't really, I did a pretty good day today. And today was like one of those weird days, right? So today was an interesting day, right? So today I got up at three o'clock this morning and, and got in my car at 4.15 and left, was leaving to go surfing today, right? I was leaving to drive to the coast to go surf, dude. All my, I'm all, was all loaded up. I'm leaving to go drive to go surf and I'm fired up. And I got, you know, I drive, got to drive around the lake and get on, then you get onto the, uh, the two lane 178, right? It takes you down through the canyon, down to the five and, you know, just like the California, down to the five, take the 178 down to the five, down to the, to the 126, to the 101, to the Victoria Boulevard, dude, you know, but anyway, figure it out from there. But, uh, I got on the thing and it was like roads closed to Bakersfield. Like they, there was a rock slide, closed the canyon down. And it's like, you know, it's now it's 4.30 in the morning. I'm like, ah, oh, dude, like, I'm like fired up to drive three hours to the ocean, dude. Like, I'm all loaded up. I'm ready to surf on the whole thing. So I'm like, all right, man, there's, I'm going to take the back way out of here, dude, right? So I take the back way. I'm like, all right, let me gas up. I'm taking the back way down. I'm like, let me check the road thing. And it's like, ah, oh, you need chains or something. I don't know why, dude, but like over this like little stretch there. And I'm like, oh, I don't have chains. I'm like, should I bum rush it? So I just go. And I was like, you know what? How about I just drive back home and just go back home? And, and I went back home and as I'm driving, as I'm like made, like I finally put, pu pulled the plug on it. I was like, this is divine intervention, dude. I don't know what I'm not supposed to experience out there but I knew that my mission was to go home at a certain point like I could have pushed it I could have like probably made it but then again I could have gotten smoked by an 18 wheeler on the way or you know hit my head and drowned or what any number of one things but ultimately I came back here and then I met the the uh I had the inspectors here for the solar thing and like it was like a whole thing but it all worked out like I was meant to not go there and stay here. And that's like what the serenity prayer is. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things and the, and the wisdom to know the difference, right? Like the wisdom to know the difference was like, I, I realized at a certain point, I'm like, why do I need to like push any of this? Just go home, dude. Climb back into like bed and Call it like the road was closed, dude. And that was that. Now I'm all geared up and at three o'clock in the morning, I'm going to get up and go again, dude, and give it another try, dude. And, 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 and that's what it is. Like, yeah, like, like I saw that I went and checked the cams, like the surf was pumping today, dude, but I don't, I don't, 
I feel like, again, as I feel differently about it, like than I would have years ago, because I'm like, dude, why do I need to push anything, dude? Like, why do I, why do I need to push anything anymore? Like, yes, I gave it my effort and now I know, and now I'm going to take the back way and everything's going to be fine, dude. And that, I think that's where the maturity is. I didn't need to go find a bottom to it. Like I was like, there was a point where I was like, dude, I've already been in the car for 45 minutes and I'm, and I'm now I'm just like, it's, and it's just, I'm already like, you know what I mean? It's like, now I'm just putting extra time in the car. Like what, like why, like why? Just, just go. And you know what? Actually, today turned out to be right. I took Al to his drum lesson. I dealt with the solar guys. I hung out. It was a beautiful day. Did some, I actually just sat around and raked up leaves all day today. Like, you know, I did, instead of like tripping, I was like, let me, and now I'm like all loaded up. I got my surfboards. I'm ready to go, dude. I'm fired up, dude. So I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to get up at the crack and try again, dude. Try again, dude. And that's all you really can do. And I, I think sometimes that's like the uh, the mission in sobriety is just to be able to like try again, man. Try again, dude. You know, a lot of people out there struggle, right? Because they think that everything needs to be don't quit quitting. Don't quit quitting. Don't quit quitting. Yeah, just keep quitting. I don't know, dude. Um, anyway. So, the, yeah. So, that's sort of that's sort of how my day is. is uh, you know, that's that's where it is with the thing, dude. So, I'm, I'm super grateful. And, and that's... Um, I think that's what it is. What's going on, Lauren P, dude? Sober Wednesday, dude. I don't know, dude. You tell me. Where are we at? Where are we at now on this thing? I, I think that was my opening. Opening. It's funny. So my like on the. Uh, so my wife was like asking me something. I've realized I'd forgotten my sober birthday, which is. Which is the first of the year, dude. Like, I totally spaced it. Like, whatever, dude. I don't even think about it anymore. She's like, you know, it's really important that you'd, like, think about it and, like, keep it. And I'm like, well, whatever, dude. And and it's, and and I think, like, at a certain point, you, like, I don't not understand the truth. Personal honesty, right? Back to, back to personal honesty, Yeah, yeah, I know what she's mean, Tyler. Like, yeah, you can't, you, you don't want to feel forced. Is is I live every day with that understanding I'm an alcoholic, right? I live every day with the understanding I'm an alcoholic. Some days I don't think about it. Some days it doesn't even cross my mind, right? Like that I am or am not or whatever. I'm just a man among men, dude, doing my thing, right? But I never lose sight of the truth that that if I forget that truth, I'm doomed. Like that, like that's the whole gig. It's like people are like weird about it. like I don't want like the I I want the lifelong affliction. 
Like I like there's like this weird like mentality in like with certain schools of sobriety. Like I just want to I don't want to get it over, dude. I want to I want to be actively pursuing the betterment of myself till the very end. If that makes any sense. Like I don't ever not want to be an alcoholic. Alcoholism has been the blessing, right? Because up until I realized I was an alcoholic, I was just another floundering human being, right? Alcoholism gave me the gift to seek a solution, right? If it wasn't for alcoholism, I never would have looked for a solution. I would be happily just roaming around the planet doing what I do, not understanding that there's a deeper meaning to my existence here on Spaceship Earth. So I was talking to like a friend of mine the other day, right? He's not an alcoholic. He's a rego, normie, normie, you know, whatever, dude. He doesn't get to have the depth of human experience that, that I have. And I don't mean that as like a belittling thing. What I'm trying to say is, or a judgment, I'm just saying like when I talk to him, he doesn't have the daily like reality that he has the ability to make his, his experience better or worse, right? It just is. And, and I think the gift of being an alcoholic is I have to constantly regroup and reevaluate and re-put myself moving forward into the light of God, right? And, and, and that's like that weird thing that people are like, you know how like you'll hear like people talk about it like that, like, I don't know what they are. They're like sober anti-AAers. Like you can get sober, but like, why would you want to always be reminded that you're an alcoholic? Like, I don't ever want to forget. And it's not because like, I'm worried I'm going to drink tonight or something like that. It's because like the spiritual growth I have gotten on this journey is exponential and incremental at the same time, right? Like I can look at my life 13 years ago, 13 years ago, dude, a dude like, gosh, man, I wonder if I have a photo I can throw up here. Let's see it. Let me see if it, let me see if it, uh, I just don't want to lose my, I got the, the live stream going. Let me see if I can find one of my photos from like back in the day, dude, 13 years ago, dude, I might actually have one in here somewhere. My buddy D Brune is always sending me photos this is this is why I forgot. This is why we do this show. There's there's Officer Mike Trannon, who unfortunately killed himself, dude, holding Baby Owl. Look at Baby Owl, dude. Look at little Baby Owl, dude. And Mike was a rad dude. My my sheriff buddy. I. Oh, Mike, man. Nah. But anyway, dude. Lest we forget, dude. So let me see. I'm trying to find a picture of me early sobriety, dude. Where am I early sobriety, dude? Come on, man. But uh, because like I just was out of sorts, dude. Like I was completely like just out of sorts 13 years ago. 13 years ago, I got nothing going for me, man. I'm just some angry, oh, Here's 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 the midst of alcoholism circa nineteen ninety four, dude. Black eye shower cap on my head, dude. <laughs> in a hotel room in San Francisco, dude. 
That black eyes because my buddy just tagged me in the eye with the with the uh, ice cube, dude. And a shard of the ice cube went through my eyelid and punctured my eyeball, dude, and melted, dude. It was so gnarly, dude. Uh, come on, man. Where is a photo of me? I know I got one right before I get sober, dude. Oh, boy, dude. And it doesn't look like it. Uh, lots of little pictures of me and baby Al. Baby Al's a baby, baby, baby. Um, ah, dude, where is it, dude? I know it. I know I got one in here right before I get sober, or right after I get sober. Maybe not. Come on, dude. Sorry, everybody. Thought I had it, dude. I don't think I do. I don't think so I do. I don't. Anyway. Um, anyway, dude. Yeah, I don't have any. I don't think I have any photos of Hiroshima Nagasaki and all his glory, dude. Up at the voodoo ball. Anyway. I think that at one point that was having a good time. Yeah, dude. That's what I mean. The insanity of it all. That was the good time, dude. It was, uh, it, that's what it was all about, dude. What goes up must come down. And then I, I mean, that's the thing I got no, I like, that's the weird thing. I think I learned that in early sobriety talking with my spiritual advisor, Joe. Was he, I was, he was, I was talking to him, coming back from some meeting and I was like, I regret this. I regret that. And he's like, are you sure? And I go, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, how would you have gotten here? into this car seat with me right now, if you hadn't done all that stuff you'd done. And I was like, mm, I'm profound. And, and so that's what I'm trying to say is, is we get the gift here in sobriety. If you truly turn it over and, and be sober, you'll realize that, that the gift is, you're not giving anything up, you're gaining everything. Your story of debauchery and glory and all of it, dude, and radness and getting high on the ski lifts or whatever it might be. You don't have to give back the good memories too, dude. You don't have to give back like, like the good stuff. Just like you're not going to be able to give back the bad stuff, dude. You get to hang on to it all. We don't dwell on the past, nor do we shut the door on it. Like, I don't look back on my life actively using drugs and alcohol in a negative light. Was there a huge, was there a huge part of it that, and a long period of it that it actually sucked? Absolutely. In the beginning, did I know any better? No. If I could tell my early self the truth, I would. Would I? Would early me care? No. Early me would be like, I don't care about your dumb 53-year-old, 13 years of sobriety version of reality. Screw you and whatever you got to say. I'm going on my adventure. And that's, that's sort of where it is. It's like, so I can't regret the past nor shut the door on it because like, I went for it, dude. I went for it 
And yeah, I crashed and burned, dude. But the hottest part about the crash and the burn, and this is why I promote sobriety, is phase two of life, Hamish 2.0, a.k.a. the illusion. Hamish 2.0, a.k.a. the illusion, dude. Way more radical, dude. Way more next level than, than, than the early version, dude. So gnarly, dude. And and I will tell you, dude, the uh the the experiences I've had, like as a sober dude, are far more psychedelic, loaded, and out of control than anything I ever did sober. Next level, dude. That like I was sitting actually it was funny, I was sitting there thinking about that trip down to Chile, dude. And I was like, dude, that was pretty next level, dude. I was thinking about this thing up here, dude. So next level. Just thinking about just just being able to turn around with the carload of surfboards and be like, whatever, I'm going home, next level, dude. And so, wouldn't be able to see the light if you didn't know the darkness. That's the truth, Blue Belly. And uh, by the grace of God, it all turned on me, Dazzer. So it, it's it's that story. It is, is, is it's all good, man. But the, but the part that makes it all good was the fact that there was, there was the moment of true suffering in the, in the truth of the personal honesty. Back to, back to Brett Brett's thing about what is personal honesty. The personal honesty was, was admitting that I didn't have any answers to myself. I didn't have a way forward. 13 years ago, I had... 13 years ago plus, I had no no way forward. And then I ran into two dudes in front of a liquor store and my life changed, dude, because God sent us two messengers for me because I asked God for help and God sent them, dude. And I was willing to accept the help, dude. And I look back on my early years of sobriety and I'm like, dude, I don't even know how I made it through it because I just, everything I thought I understood then has all turned out to be just dust in the wind now, dude. Do, you know what I mean is is the beginning of sobriety was so great because I was, I'm able to let that go too, dude. And just be like, dude, that was, uh, what's up, bear, Pelagic bear, dude? Best coffee on the planet. It's so fracking good, dude. Frack. Fack. Fack. And uh, you know, so I, I think that that what I'm getting at is is you can't fly with the eagles if you hang around with the pigeons. I, I guess that's kind of what I'm saying is a little bit is the opposite is like you can't fly with the eagles unless you hang around with the pigeons, dude. Like, that's how you fly with the eagles, dude. You realize you're not a pigeon. You're an eagle. You know what I mean? Like, you have to have the, the, the transformation, the psychic shift. Like, and I don't know how you get the psychic shift without some sort of traumatic thing thing going on. If that... Paraplegic, put your number up there for everybody, dude. And... uh best coffee on the planet dude is is that's what i'm getting at is is the hard part is to admit that the uh 
hung with too many pigeons in my past. That's right, Dan Z. You have to crash before you burn, dude. There's paraplegic bear's number right there. Best coffee on the planet, dude. Right there. 410-708-7622. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think like I just think about the dude, like me five years ago would have been super bummed to turn around this morning. Me five years ago would have like been like, I would have thought I missed the universe today. But I didn't, man. Like, and that's, that's what I mean. That's sort of a serenity you can't get to unless you get there, dude. If you know what I mean, it's like, I'm sitting here right now super grateful that I have that, that ability, dude to not trip anymore, dude. I mean, I still trip about stuff constantly, dude, but like the ability to to just let it go, dude. To just be like, it's okay, it's meant to be. I hung with vermin, no wings, dude. The rats, the rats. So yeah, here we are, man, on a, uh, on a sober Wednesday. Super grateful. 13 years deep into this thing. And um, I don't even know. Like that, it's funny. Like I, I, I just would tell anyone like, it's worth it, man. It's going to suck balls for a while, dude. Like the beginning, that personal honesty thing is brutal, dude. To really face yourself time in, time again, and be like, I blew, and you'll do it sober, dude. YouTube rat, thank you. It's uh, it's that thing, right? Like, and then you eventually just stop doing it to yourself. You're like, okay, like that's what I mean. Is like, I think about how many times I've blown it in sobriety, dude. But I'll tell you what, the turnaround on the blowing it in sobriety versus it being like 20 years is like, is now it's like 20 seconds versus, I, you know, that, that, I think that's what you get, dude. I think that's the gift that, that is what it is. It took me 20 years to turn it all around and then it, you know, then it came in like increments, I, you know. 20, 20 days, 20 days to be like, oh, I blew it. I need to go make that right. Then it became like, you know, 20 hours till I'm like, all right, I got to drive back down to the store and apologize. Then it became 20 minutes. And now, you know, so, so I, you get better and better, dude. I think that's the, uh, Bill Cooper nailed it. When we want someone to blame for the way things are in our life, all one needs to do is take a good, hard look in the mirror. Yep. I mean, that's the interesting thing. Isn't that the, uh, isn't that the message behind, um, what's the, what's the, the movie with everyone wears the mask, dude? With Natalie Portman, dude. What is that movie, dude? With Guy Fox, dude, when everyone with the Guy Fox, man. That's the, it's the same message in there, too. 
Everyone is looking for a place to rest the spirit of blame because it's painful to hold different race, people, whatever it is. Yeah, well, that's that's the gig. Is It's like the minute, that's the thing, is the minute you take responsibility for it, you realize that you can give it right to God. Like, you don't got to sit there and hold it. Like, you can, like, that's the, that's why the steps are laid out the way it is, right? That's why, like, if you look at the steps, you know, we admitted we're powerless, came to believe the power greater than ourselves, could restore, say, made, three, made a decision to turn our wells, four, made that inventory, five, admitted to God, right? So you have to, you have to already have God in your life. Like, that's how you do it. Because if you don't have God to instantly turn over your bag of garbage to, dude, like, I don't know, you might, you might, and be for vendetta, that's it, dude. So that, that's the game is like, like when it all comes down to it, like there's no one to blame but ourselves, dude. And that sucks, dude. That's why you need to have God first. That's why like the steps are laid out, like the way they are, is like you got to have that thing with God before you pick up your bag of garbage or your hot ember or whatever it is and you take a look at it because if you don't you're liable to like light yourself on fire and and burn up dude <sighs> all right with that said i think i'm gonna i'm gonna head out a little bit early dude or or we'll do the 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 rundown so you know this this is uh an hour stream dedicated so people don't kill themselves dude People don't kill themselves, man. Like, don't kill yourself. Like, whatever your problem is, like, don't kill yourself. And that that's immediate and, like, like slow burn, too, dude. Like, this is about, like, choosing to live, dude. And why do you want to choose to live? Because you get to, like, have a relationship with God. Like, if you kill yourself, I don't know if you get... I don't know how it works, dude. So... I'm not going to say you don't have a relationship with God. You might figure it out right as the bullet enters your brain. I don't know, dude. But what I will tell you is that if you're suffering out there, if you're having suicidal thoughts or suicidal tendencies or suicidal ideations, dude, please reach out to somebody, anybody, and ask them for help. There's no shortage of suicide prevention numbers. I appreciate the people who put those up, the Canadian ones and the United States ones. It's a lot of suicide. Whatever country you are, there's a suicide prevention hotline number, dude. Call those people. There's there they know. It's been said that that anyone who survived jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge, and there's been a bunch of people who have survived. Every one of them said that the minute they jumped off, they wish they hadn't, dude. So please don't make a. Uh, don't take take a temporary situation and make it into a permanent solution, dude. Because uh, we've all been there. We've all had the days that sucked. We want to blow our brains out and we didn't want to live anymore. And and that passed. And thank God it has passed because God doesn't want us to take ourselves out. So with that said, please, there's the Canadian suicide prevention numbers. one 456 4566 one 456 4566 And um and so there's also the US. It's uh 14, what is it? 423 talk or something, dude. 1-80-423 talk. And the U.S., the U.S. code is 988. It's not a 91. It's a 988. Just three-digit, 988-999 in Ireland, 988 in the U.S. Suicide prevention. Dude, look, and if you're suffering from mental health issues, 
you can you can reach out for help on that too, dude. And if you're an alcoholic or a drug addict, you can pretty much type in whatever city you are, AA central office. And that goes like anywhere in the Western world, dude. It gets a little trickier when we get into second and third world nations, but they all have AA in there too, dude. If you're in Ghana, I know that they there's that the big book of alcoholics is anonymous is written in tweed, dude. So it's out there for you, dude. So if you're whatever you are on the planet, there's there is a solution for you, whether it's alcohol, drugs, gambling, overeating, bad sexing. There is a 12 step program for everything, dude, and everyone, dude. But the thing you got to do is ask for help, dude. Like the first thing you can do to stop being selfish and take personal inventories, just admit that you need help, dude. And it's okay, dude. It really is okay to want help. Like, I am so grateful that 13 years ago, I realized I needed help. And I asked Joe and David in front of Country Liquor on the PCH in Malibu, California to help me. And they did. And 13 years later, I'm here, going to go surfing at 3 o'clock in the morning. I got Owl, my wife, the Mini Graham, my little farm, my goats, my chickens, the dog, and uh, some pigeons, dude, and a cat. And I'm super grateful in it and a rad Lego, Lego collection, dude. Yeah. And so with that said, it's like, look, dude, all things are possible, but you don't, you don't even know what's possible till you give your bag of garbage back to God, dude. And the only way you can do that is admitting to God that you're not, you're not rolling hard right now. So please take your life seriously enough to realize that you deserve better than to end it tonight or whenever you're listening to this stream or podcast or whatever it is. Your life's important. Your life's beautiful. And so please reach out. And I will always share this. The simplest prayer I know, the prayer that saved my life is help. H-E-L-P. Dude, whether you believe in God or not, it, it doesn't matter. Just get on your knees and just Ask God for help. Help. The simplest prayer you'll ever, ever have to say is help. So with that said, let's do the serenity prayer and um, get on with our lives, man, and, and be there for someone who needs our help. Like that's really the ultimate thing. If we, don't, if we don't give it away, we don't get to keep it. So our job, once we do achieve sobriety in a relationship with God, is to be of service to God and to sobriety and to help another alcoholic or suicidal person achieve life and and happiness and all that good stuff so with that said god grant me the serenity to accept the things i cannot change the courage to change the things i can't and the wisdom to know the difference amen thank you all for being here thank you for the support i appreciate it god bless you good night let's all take care of each other your life is worth it